Uh, I know I say this often, right? I know I come back to this often, but my obsessions haven't changed since we started Joag Corrigan. My Mm -hmm. preoccupations haven't changed. The things that grab my focus, the things that preoccupy me, the things that, you know, you know, when you're kind of, you're not on any task in particular and your mind is wandering off, my mind will always find the same fucking corners, even now, over two years since, over two years into this Joag journey, over two years into the fucking conversation, I'm still hung up on the same shit, right? It's true, yeah, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what I'm hung up on right now as I'm speaking to you? I'm going to guess it's something very dark. You're never safe, are you? You're never safe, are you? (laughs) Not just... Uh... I mean, different people have different definitions of what safe is, right? Mm. And I don't necessarily mean in bodily danger or psychological danger, but you're never really 100% safe from the fucking weird, from weird shit. Weird shit can blossom into existence anywhere around you it can just bloom like a fucking tumor anywhere you are weird shit can just intrude like a tumor that's That's not a phrase oh it is okay it is because i said it let me talk to you (laughs) does the name terry thompson ring any bells terry thompson Uh, just sounds like a soccer dad or something thompson terry thompson well terry thompson uh spent a lot of his life in a town in Ohio called Zanesville, right? Okay. Zanesville. He was a, a, a Vietnam vet, um, mm-hmm. quite a troubled man. Done. Uh, he did time for some firearms offences. He was in trouble with the IRS to the tune of some uh, between sixty-five and seventy thousand dollars. Mm. But the thing, him. it weighs. You know, a great bunch of lads, you might think. But <laughs> the thing about Terry Thompson, right? The thing about Terry Thompson was, he was. An animal lover, okay? Where's this going? Mm. Terry Thompson. Terry Thompson. Ter- <laughs> not that way. Not that <laughs> okay. way. No, 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 no. Well. Yikes. All not right. that Listen, way. On this podcast, you know hey. that that's the conclusion that's going to be jumped to. So uh, just a person who enjoys animals is what Enjoys the company okay. of animals, but not like that, right? But not like that. Um, exotic animals, right? Big animals, fierce animals. Um, people say that this started when he, he gave his wife a gift for her birthday in 1977 of a, a lion cub. Right? Oh, Standard. We've been through this before. You shouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. give people wild animals You shouldn't gifts. do it. You shouldn't fucking do it. Because over the course of the next two decades, he became one of these Tiger King motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, amassing a huge collection of exotic animals on his 73-acre spread in Zanesville, Ohio. Okay. Amongst his menagerie, we are talking tigers, wolves, cheetahs, bears. Uh, he would lease them out for photo shoots, music videos, commercials, you know, that kind of thing. But... He claimed it was never about the money, right? To quote Mm -hmm. Terry, shall I do the accent? Fuck it. I have them because I love them and I'm willing to do whatever I have to take care of them. Thompson told. What is that? Ohio, Zanesville, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) He told uh, a a reporter. Northern state, I would just say. That's how he sounds. (laughs) What I don't have for them is profit. I have seven veterinarians on call at any time. If one of my bears gets a hangnail, I call a certain vet. 
If a cat sneezes, I call another vet. He was an animal lover, right? Um, uh-huh. He did <laughs> fight off, as you might expect, numerous animal cruelty charges. Uh, yeah. He was convicted of one case in 2005 when dead cattle were found on his property, but others he generally managed to fight off. Dead cattle? Dead cattle, yeah. Whether he was using them for feed or whatever. Fucking yeah, that feels cow like corpses littered across his ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So come with me then, please. To the evening of October the 18th, 2011. <laughs> what did you just do with your head? Uh, I, I stroked my head a little bit. Just see to, both of our faces. Just to add, just like... I'm looking at my notes, so I can't see how you're reacting. But I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, Go on. Come with me then to the evening of October the 18th, 2011, where Thompson's neighbor, right? Mm. Thompson's neighbor, whilst visiting his own livestock, his own horses, Thompson's neighbor was forced to lock himself in his barn when he noticed a fully grown African lion. Free from its cage, sat watching him intently right next to Thompson's side of the fence. No, no, thank you. He shouted to his elderly mother to ring 911, as you'd imagine. And as he watched through his barn window, the lion was joined by a bear, a wolf, and then a lioness. This is like the Avengers. How did they... Oh, they all oh, I no, out. I now I got you. I see, sir, that I have your attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, local deputy, what? this is like that that show oh, yeah. Zoo that was called oh, yeah. NBC or whatever. A few we years bought ago. a zoo, yeah. Fuck um, out. so a local no, deputy not bought a zoo, different thing. <laughs> a local deputy answered the nine one one call and turned up to the property. And while he was waiting for an answer at the neighbor's door, behind him, he was just he just walked up to the door. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Walked up, bang, 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 bang. And while he was waiting for a reply at the door behind him, he spotted a full-grown grey wolf just wandering freely on the road behind him. He called it in. I... Terrified, as you'd imagine, shitting himself. Yeah, called did it they in. not tell him what he was being called for? I can't oh, imagine yeah. being yeah, like, Yeah, 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 but oh, here's the thing. Here's they they the called thing. me and they said there's bears and shit out here and I just get out of my car and walk up and knock on the door. Is there a number All for of the that police... many animals? <laughs> like oh, you know, there's like a, a bear attack one one nine or something like that, and yeah, right. At this point, we must be so far down the number list. That's a code brown. <laughs> I think. Scrolling through the handbook. Code brown. No, but here's the thing: the local police knew what the deal was with Thompson's property. Oh, I've seen yeah. an animal. Yeah, all right, fine. I guess I'll take a look. This is no. They didn't think there was anything major going on yet. So he calls it in. He grabs his rifle, uh, and follows this grey wolf down the road. Um, when he's following this wolf from a distance, the deputy notices another colleague looking fucking panicked. Getting out of the car to help, they were both charged by a black bear running straight for them. They black managed fight to... back. Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. They managed to take it out with their service weapons. It falls about seven feet from them. But by now... Calls are coming in thick and fast. There are fucking livestock everywhere. Bears, tigers, cougars. The shit. This is not livestock. The to fan. Be clear. Well, exotic livestock. Let's go like that. Sure. Um, elsewhere in Zanesville, the sheriff is chilling for the evening. He's I don't know, maybe hung his hung his gun belt up on the door. He's popped open a can of I don't know, Schlitz. 
What? <laughs> what year and is, is it? And is, I don't fucking know. Uh, and he's watching Wheel of Fortune or something. Um, he's chilling for the evening, but in start coming the calls. First, somebody telling him an animal is loose from the Thompson estate. Ah, that's nothing strange. So he gets in his car. Ah, I got nothing to do. I'll go take a look. But while he's on the fucking road on the way over, calls start to pile in. Animals all over the place, right? This is close to a residential area. Um, mm-hmm. About a mile away, there were kids on a football field, openly just playing football, right? Shit got So this serious. is daytime. Oh, yeah. The early evening. This is early evening. Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And his orders had to be for all animals wandering free to be killed. you got to do that. Right. So... Uh, this deputy, right, who was first on the scene at the Thompson home, a deputy Blake, he met up with uh, a caretaker who Thompson employs to come round and field his animals, a guy by the name of, a uh, guy by the name of Moore, right? Somebody had called this guy when things started getting weird. Moving towards the house, the deputy and Moore spot a white tiger feasting on what? Looked like a corpse. No, come on. Oh, yeah. So the alarm gets raised. 40 miles away, right? Columbus Zoo. Columbus, Ohio, that is. It is, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. See? Um, so the story <laughs> yeah, reaches... Geography. The story... Geography, you might say. Ooh. Thank you. You can have that. Um, oh, the story reaches a guy by the name of Dr. Barry, right? And he'd had dealings with Thompson before. He, you know, just when I said, uh, remember when I said he'd done time for firearms offences? This guy from the zoo right, yep. was part of the raid which sent him down in 2008. Um, the but zoo... What? A zoo... Wait, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Let's not... A guy from the zoo... Yes. ...was involved in a raid... Yes. When he got About sent down for firearms offences, yeah. They, they they were raiding him, I guess. I mean, I'm extrapolating from the info I have, but they were raiding him on uh, kind of animal cruelty animal charges. Okay. Yeah. And then they were like, oh shit, this guy's oh, got fuck. a lot of guns. I yes. thought he used his connections with the zoo to like get the animals involved to help. Like, we've got, this guy's got bears, so we need to go in with bears, get the zoo together. Yeah, right. <laughs> one for one kind of team up. Like. <clears throat> That's escalation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They come back with raptors. Um, <laughs> So anyway, the zoo, the Columbus Zoo, they send out a capture and recovery team, right? But meanwhile, this is like 40-odd miles away. Back in Zanesville, the, uh, the, the, the animal feed guy, the handyman Moore, he counted the empty cages and he's estimating that there were some 56 wild carnivorous animals on the loose in Zanesville. Um, Jesus Christ. Moore, he recalled to the cops a conversation he'd had with Thompson the evening prior where Thompson confided that he'd had an anonymous letter accusing his wife of infidelity. Okay. This was three weeks after he'd got out of prison, right? So he's been... He's been home for three weeks. Yep. From prison on these yep. weapons charges. Yep, yep, yep. Finds out his wife was And by cheating. all accounts, while he's in prison, lawyer's fees spiraling through the roof. Sure. The fucking zoo falling into disrepair with his wife and more looking after it. He's in a bad place. Right. And he's now found okay. out his wife is apparently cheating on him. Moore recalls Thompson telling him the night before, I have a plan to find out if it's true and you'll know when it happens. Okay. We're starting to build a picture, yeah? I don't know if that accent mm-hmm. was the same as the one I gave him at the start. It was not, no. Frankly, I don't care. There was some sort of Boston Brahmin thing going on yeah, in there. Yeah, I like I'm to keep sure, you... Go on. Yeah, Geographically on your, on your toes. So by now, the police <laughs> have formed a shooting squad, right? Five men with rifles and machine guns just 
summarily exterminating all the animals they could find on the property. Sure. Approaching the corpse. They shot two tigers before they could call the body in as a code 16. Dead on arrival. Possible code 58. Possible suicide. The squad... Suicide by tiger? No, no, no. Stay with me. Stay (laughs) with me. Okay, I'm sorry. This is fucking crazy. Oh, Go it gets, on. It gets, oh, man. There's a fucking, there's a Shyamalan coming. Um, <laughs> so more, uh, the, by this time, the, the shooting squad are redeployed to the south end of the property where it's turning into fucking mayhem. Uh, they're shooting animals from the head. They're just dropping carnivores left, right, and center. So after that night, right, after 49 animals were counted as killed, Interestingly, there's one macaque monkey that they never found. <laughs> Crafty bastards, they're monkeys. I know, yeah. Yes, come on, lads. Um, <laughs> to the report, Sheriff Lutz, right? The guy who, who drove over to check things out. Sheriff Lutz said in his report that Thompson's body had a sizable laceration to the head consistent with an animal bite. And aside from the gunshot so this is Terry. Head, Terry oh, is, the, is who this they is found. Terry. This is Terry Thompson, yeah, dead with a tiger munching him. He did have a gunshot okay. wound to the head, so he'd, he'd taken his own life, okay. right? Okay, gotcha. But Maybe he was just out. trying to get the tiger off. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Same place. Just, like... Yeah, just bad aim. <laughs> so how <laughs> like, then? Ah, tiger munching my head. Ah. So how do you account, aside from the gunshot wound, how do you account for the pieces of raw chicken scattered around his corpse Uh. the theory among those from the zoo was that Thompson had placed the raw chicken there before killing himself because he wanted his animals to eat him he was just hoping they would all come over and have like a nice little feast yeah exactly exactly Hmm. exactly that so the final death toll, like I say, 49 animals, one missing macaque monkey. The work in theory, but the monkey was like wolves had fucking eaten it or whatever. Um, Probably. I'm going to finish, if I may, with a final word from the coroner's report. A five and three quarter times four inch gaping laceration involving the pubic region and bilateral medial thighs with the absence of genitalia, exposure of the pubic bone and adjacent soft tissue. His animals had eaten his dick and balls off. Damn. Oh, he got to have smothered them That's... in something before he went out into that I know, forest. right? Maybe like... some... <laughs> to, like, ch- chicken... Yeah. I do feel yeah, bad on the like, monkey. You know, like, every other one, other um... animals are carnivore, and this poor monkey's out there. Give him a knife or yeah. something. Just like... <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> like the purge, the monkey purge. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Hopefully, that was only you know theory, what? That monkey is like probably think... living in Florida. Exactly. I like to think that he he made it. He he made his freedom. He's so out there we go, there folks. Somewhere. Wow. I think uh, you're. I think you're right. He must have done something to attract it to the genitals. Because you never hear that as like a. Oh yeah. I mean, you hear like, oh, animals go for the soft tissue first, but like eyeballs and tongues yeah, and yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, they don't lobes. go for genitals first. No, he must have been balls. like, yeah, I'm gonna. Was he clothed? I'm gonna put something down here. Uh, like, that that get, probably not anymore. Get the belts, well, trousers, stuff. Yeah, right. Mm. Just like, in that's there. why you'd imagine they go for like arms and the head first because it's accessible to it. Yeah, it's exposed. Well, you know, we've we've covered owners being eaten by their pets before, and it's generally the face, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Terry Thompson, depressed, wow. in debt, finds out his wife's cheating on him, has a fuck ton of animals, makes a battle royale. Of it. 
Indeed. Yeah. Exactly. Just indeed. 100 animals well, have at it. Winner yeah. takes it all. <laughs> the winner takes it all. But that's what I'm saying. You never fucking... That could be happening anywhere. That could be happening on your fucking could street. Be could be happening anywhere. I mean, I came home, there was a bunny in my driveway, but maybe next it's a it's wolf. It's the same thing. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Welcome, friends. Welcome, welcome uh, to this week's edition of, well, I know it's your fucking favourite podcast. You don't need to say it. We know Jack of All Graves. It feels lovely to be back a week off uh, thanks to some just wacky shit happening at the start of last week, which took us off the air for a week. Apologies. But like I keep saying, we're worth the wait. You know we're worth the wait. It's true. I would like, uh, it, well, listen, it is my absolute and sincere pleasure to welcome a uh, guest to the show this week. You will have heard during our opener a voice, an unfamiliar voice. Uh, that it was belongs... just me throwing it. That's all. <laughs> it's very good. I've been good. working on a new, new man voice. That's... In the last week, you've developed uh, quite a talent there. Ha, not so really. Without the podcast, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> the thing is, that wouldn't surprise me if that had been something that you'd thrown your... Invested you know... my week into. Yeah. Uh, but no, real talk. Uh, please do welcome to Jack of All Graves, Mr. Christopher Porritt. Say hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Delighted. Um, now... We'll talk about why, why I've got Chris on a bit later on when we kind of explore the topic that we've that that, that Chris has, has you know what's the word I'm looking for that Chris has gratefully uh, for us given up his time for. But Chris, uh, do please uh, talk to us about the podcast that you run. I gather that you are years into your podcasting career yourself. Yes. Uh, yeah, three three years absolutely flew by. Um, it started with a monkey. We let that out, and then some wolves going <laughs> for no. Uh, in all seriousness, yes. Um, <laughs> always wanted to get into something like, similar to you guys in terms of just podcasting and talking about your hobbies and interests. And uh, yeah. yeah, we mean some friends decided to jump in with the the launch of cloud gaming, and yeah. um, one Google Stadia of for our sins was our uh, poison of choice. And uh, we've we've covered that for just over three years now. We celebrated our third year a while ago at uh, Helix Cloud Games is the channel. And um, nice. yeah, we've just wrapped up with our 160th episode um, consistently Ooh. every Monday Ooh. on YouTube and uh, podcast services. Uh, well, don't congratulate us too soon because uh, if anyone keeps it in line with the gaming news, uh, Stadia is unfortunately not long for this world. And in January, Google will be sending it to the Google Graveyard. Um, so very timely for this show, actually. <laughs> but thankfully, <laughs> over our years of podcasting and learning, myself, Richie, and our other co-hosts, we've expanded the channel into other platforms. So we have a PlayStation podcast, Talking the PS, nice. and uh, we're soon to launch an Xbox nice. podcast, uh, the X-Pass podcast, uh, coming soon as well. So embracing all cloud gaming in, in general. But it's basically get together with your friends, talking some shit, talking video games, and uh, yeah, we absolutely love it and um, we do live streams stream loads of games um one things that brings me to the podcast is i guess horror stuff as well we love doing that yeah. resident evil live streams we've played guilt beautiful uh, dead by daylight on the channel uh absolutely thrilled there's nothing better than 
jumping out of your skin on screen to yeah, thousands like other viewers and, and listeners watching along because there's just some there's a different energy about it so yeah absolutely yeah. love it Helix personally games. that's the way i like it i don't want to play most horror games mm. i want to watch someone else do it yeah. because if i get jump scared while playing a game i might just pee oh so it's better to just watch someone else do it, it. really is. Corey, well, i spent yeah. a few hours live streaming the evil dead game mm. uh, uh you know the, on the day it came out actually it was release day wasn't it mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. i get tired very quickly of jump scares i just i i fucking <laughs> hate them man. over the course of this game mark just getting more and more angry every time he got jump scared in this game in films uh, and games great for me jump scares are the refuge of a coward fucking hate jump scares <laughs> man but evil dead lays them on thick so i got sick of that pretty quickly um but uh, how how I mean, you, you kind of been surprised at the news that Stadia was getting taken down the woodshed. Not really. So we we kind of had the feeling Google they should. So one of the first things they did was they, they've got previous for this, haven't they? Google do this all the fucking the, time. The Google graveyard, anything to launch, you kind of get a one in one in ten chance of success, uh, <laughs> judging yeah. by the the thing. Obviously, famously rich and have all the money in the world to throw at this thing. Yeah, but yeah. The commitment wasn't there. After one year into it, they shuttered their first party studios. So one of the big things they touted was we're going to bring in industry veterans, all the money, we're going to create our own games exclusive to the cloud, only can be utilised with the power of cloud gaming and digital servers. And then one year in, they went, ah, it's too expensive for us. It takes too much time and investment. (laughs) So sacked all the leadership, got rid of them. And that was the kind of the first big nail in their coffin. And then as time gone on, they they were lacking big titles, weren't arriving. Their player base, I think the first report, they missed their target numbers by a good quarter of a million or something. And it just kind of went from from bad to worse with like basically just lack of effort and attempt. So it's their third year anniversary this November. So they'll they'll make it to a grand total of three years and three months, um, pretty much. And um, considering most AAA video games take about five years to develop now, right. didn't really stick at it to give it a good uh, a good effort, a trying effort. Yeah, so um, there are others trying it. Amazon have launched Amazon Lunar in the states. You get free games mm-hmm. with Amazon Prime every every month. And you subscribe Are they released hardware as well, or is it just software? all cloud still? So you get an Amazon controller. You subscribe mm. like cable TV to a family channel. You get a bunch of family games, a Ubisoft channel. You get oh. a bunch of Ubisoft games, and you just subscribe and unsubscribe like you would with Netflix. But again, the the benefit of cloud gaming is it reduces that barrier to purchasing a console. So mom and dad yeah, don't right. need to go spend six hundred pound on a device and controllers and games. You just have yeah. a controller. You use the screens you own, and you just play through the internet like you would with Netflix or. Amazon In theory, TV. that feels like something that should just print money. Well, that doesn't seems... it? It, it worked. Yeah. That's <laughs> the most frustrating thing is yeah. the technology was first in class. You would play it on any yeah. screen, your phone, a tablet, a computer, your old TV, a smart TV, and you would not know it wasn't being powered by a server. Miles and miles away using the internet, you would feel like it's just a box under your TV like a traditional console, wow. and yet they just messed up on the marketing, the games, the, their own yeah. in-house development. It's a. It I is mean, a big shame. The fact that I don't know what this is. Yes. Like really, and and you're explaining this to me, and I'm like, oh, I would have, I would have tried that. That mm. tells you marketing yes. was in, not. In three years, I've seen no physical marketing, no presence in storefronts, um, barely anything on YouTube or Google, which ironically they own it, and not once did I see a YouTube <laughs> ad. So right? it, it is this big irony. <laughs> That's a really that good point. They've got all the money in the world, <laughs> all the tech and expertise, and they just they failed epically with it and what we've been saying rounding out the podcast and saying like rest in peace to it i guess is like the technology is first in class and stadia will have had to walk so then 
others can run after it, whether that's Xbox right. and yeah. PlayStation will embrace it. But it's been a good ride. We've had a bunch of laughs, and the fact that I get an 800-odd pound refund does soften the blow a little bit. Um, that yeah, can't that be bad. Because nice. for a tech company to fork out for however many hundreds of thousands of people have spent on yeah. the software and hardware, it's like it's complete refund. So a random Chromecast I bought with a controller two and a half years ago, I get all that money back. All the yeah. games I bought, I just get that it back. Nice. So my Christmas is paid for this year. I know that much. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Time to go on vacation or but, something. Uh, but <laughs> games will live on. And um, we've, I mean, you can play anywhere you want really nowadays. It's so accessible, whether it's mobile phone or, or on a console or in the clouds. But uh, we'll cover it right. across multiple shows on, on our Helix Cloud Games channel. But the most fun we do have is genuinely with our community, streaming video games, exp- experiencing these things together. Um, and that, yeah. that's why we do it. We do it for the love of the, the video games rather than just getting behind a big conglomerate company right. who's worth billions and billions. Yeah. <laughs> Surely at some point they're going to get... I mean, all right, maybe they're too big to fail, but I've certainly been stung by them just binning services that I was happily using. They mm-hmm. had a brilliant location service for a while called Google Latitude, um, which I used, <laughs> I used it day in, day out. You know, you could have trust. It, it you, you can do it now on you know Apple and Google Maps, but it was great. You could uh, kind of have people that you trusted and who trusted you, and you could share codes and just see where you were on a map. Fantastic! Mm. I could yeah, see yeah. where you know where Laura was. She could see where I was. Is she getting the kids? Am I getting the kids? Da, 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 da. Uh, and then unceremoniously out of nowhere, yeah, you, we're not doing that anymore. Sorry, ah, oh, fuck. Fuck's or even sake. things like Google Reader, like the mm. only RSS reader that anyone really used. They were just kind of like one day like, eh, fuck you, and yeah, got rid of it. Yeah, it completely. was like, everyone was like, this is literally the only place that I read blogs. Mm. So they managed to basically kill blogging at the same time that they killed a random service, along with stuff that just didn't work, like Google Wave mm. and mm. shit like that. Yeah, but, it, yeah, it is at that point now where the, the industry, like the games industry, the journalist coverage and stuff of it, are at a point where this they've the blown it now. Their opportunity to get into the video games industry, yes. which is worth more than TV, movie, music combined. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it generates right. so much money. It's getting bigger and bigger, and COVID and the lockdown kind of, push that on even more how many people do you know played animal crossing just because they couldn't leave the house nowadays and yeah so (laughs) many people got on board with it and they got in there they had the investment they had the technology they had the money to back it and then just just couldn't see it out that's the shame it's like in 10 years time there's going to be so much more opportunity to get into it and yeah it's their own loss and then ironically enough they're out this this week touting sponsoring tottenham hotspurs football stadium so a google stadium or stadia Oh. Is they're about to drop a billion dollars <laughs> on a right sponsorship there. a week after shuttering their own cloud service platform, which they didn't even spend anywhere close to a billion in investing in games, marketing, or promotion. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, again, Alphabet, they do what they want. They've got divisions and branches mm. in anything. And Mark, you've actually chatted about on this show, I think, about random pharmaceutical companies they Indeed. spin off into. And yeah, they've got they've got a shady kind of mm. extending human life kind of fucking yeah. department. They are somewhere. the umbrella corporation from yes, Resident yes, Evil. They, are. they really are. Very mm-hmm. much so, yeah. <laughs> so Wild. I guess this is one thing that they will not have their hands nope. in and maybe that's for the best well the, the, the text still runs that's the weird thing is they're white labeling it now so they're selling it out to other people so warner brothers actually did a promotion with a batman game a few months back where you basically went on if you were an at&t customer in the united states um you got a link code you went on the at&t website and you could just play it all of arkham batman night just through a web browser and it ran full triple a on their technology on but, but you couldn't buy it on stadia 
It was only free through the AT&T customer subscription, not purchasable on their platform that was powering the whole thing. And it's like, because there's no hardware involved, it's just a website link. It was the most stupid, ironic thing that, yeah, that's, I can, (laughs) it's a failure. It was a failure, but I've got good memories from it. But I, I right, completely yeah. agree. Yeah. All it would have taken is is just a little bit of marketing. All it would have taken is a little bit of right. just positioning it where people could see it because mm-hmm. the the product is fantastic. Yeah, the dream. Have you have you used it, Mark? Yeah, in fact, Chris gifted me a Stadia controller that he had kicking around, and uh, ah. Pete immediately. The first thing Pete will do right when he gets his hands on a new console, new operating system, new Stadia, uh, new phone, new anything. Dad, they got Rayman. That's the fucking first thing he'll do. Rayman? Oh, uh, yeah, Rayman Legends. It was the first computer game he ever played, uh, maybe like four or five. It was his first ever video game. Uh, and he will always, always, always look for Rayman Legends on whatever really console adorable. he picks up. Yeah. Great and game. They did. <laughs> That's a fantastic game. Stunning. What what kind of game is, is Rayman? It's a platformer, side scrolling platformer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. But. Interesting. Just. The everything about it just works. The 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 just the mechanics of the character, the inertia, the speed it runs at, the fucking mm. puzzles, the traps. Brilliant game. Uh and yeah, one that Pete has played pretty much constantly since he was four. <laughs> that's that's adorable. Yeah. I absolutely love and that. And you'll get your it money is. back for that now, Mark. Eight pound coming my way in January. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Cha ching. Amazing. Yeah. You can you can let Pete decide what to do with that eight eight pound, I suppose. Uh no, will I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, just br- briefly, because you know, it's jackal grapes. But is is it Google's last chance of getting into the gaming space then? Because other companies have had failures. Yeah, I mean, they make they make so much money through the mobile play store, which yeah. is someone I would call myself as like a serious gamer. I don't count mobile gaming as gaming, no, unfortunately. Same. It's casual. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, really my is. My every night playing Candy Crush before bed is not No, like it, it's like, yes, it's enjoying a video game, but it's not quite like The Last yeah. of Us levels of like storytelling and immersion and art and music yeah. and creativity. It's it's flicking coloured candies on a, on a screen. No disrespect to it, but it's it's not quite so what I It's more a process in a game, isn't it? Yeah, um, but the the fact that it's like no developers will want to work with them again, no one will trust them mm, beyond that. And like I said, because these processes take four to five years for a decent quality AAA title now, it's just not worth risking your own time and effort. There's developers now who learn about the closure through social media. So Google never told oh. the actual developers. So there's people who've worked on a port Shitty. of a game for four or five months now, and they just have to look on Twitter and go, huh. Four months of my life just wasted now. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks what for that. Now? So there's just like yeah. the burnt bridges left, right, and center. And uh, now that's got a knock on effect of do people trust Amazon and Amazon Luna, what they're doing with theirs? Mm-hmm. Again, just another big tech company Good. have the servers, but do they do them? And it just goes back to you just can't shift Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo from this world that this grasp they've had yeah. on this industry they've built from the ground up themselves over the last three decades. And uh, yeah, newcomers and to the market is tough. A, yeah, it, it's interesting too because obviously anything that's cloud-based, this is always the fear anyway, right? Like, so when it comes to what, like, whether that's games, whether that's movies, anything, there's always this like, what happens if they just decide to like not exist anymore mm-hmm. or yeah. not carry the thing that I purchased on this you know cloud-based thing or whatever? So it's kind of like the the worst fear realized for people who have stuff on there. I mean, we lose things all the time. One of my favorite shows is a show called Rubicon. 
Um, and once like Amazon took it off of their service, it was just it gone. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. This mm. is, you the, can't get to it. There you know? is something to be said about physical media, and I'm still a big Completely. collector of it. Like I've got my Blu-ray collection of all my favorite movies, video games. I still buy on mm. disc when I can. And the yeah, the cloud gaming thing kind of made me realize that I could have all these in one place. And the the true benefit of Stadia was it was a la carte, so you could still buy the games. But there is that risk. And the great thing with the the big players is they've been around for so long. There's no chance PlayStation's disappearing anytime soon. Or Mic- right, Microsoft, exactly. Microsoft are just about to spend seventy six billion on acquiring Call of Duty. So they've got the money yeah. to to keep How this much? thing running. Seventy six point <laughs> eight billion dollars to acquire Activision Blizzard, which is Call of Duty, Diablo, World of Warcraft. It's gone through the do ringer and regulator standards and saying, like, is this allowed? Is this not? Yeah, can you do yeah, this? And yeah. for that much money, I guess you can do anything you want. Um, yeah, that's media consolidation for the, for you. Can you? Well, I just yeah, did. They, we uh, are. So... It, it's a crazy <laughs> yeah, one. But the, the, the digital trend of people saying, like, I want physical media, um, get sales of games across the board, it's now tipped the spectrum past physical into digital. And about 64% yeah. of games that are bought now are bought digitally. And that trend's only going to go up, similar to music industry, similar to TV. Mm. And I think there is a world where we just have to accept that if stuff's in rotation, it goes out. It'll be back one day, mm. just maybe on a different mm. service powered by another Discovery or HBO or whoever the hell else right. wants to get in on this party. But um, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a shameful one, but um, it was just, you, you, you could just click to play. That was the best thing. If I want to play a game, instead of waiting right. two hours to download a hundred gigabyte file, it's just click a link, boom, it's there. And the dream yeah. was what they always sold us on is you would watch a video on YouTube, go, oh, that looks fun. Let's see an advertisement, click play, and within seconds, you're on the menu screen ready to start the game. And it worked like that. Yeah. They just never implemented it right. So the Google graveyard was so know, that's playing. That's playing off the instant gratification that I'm sure they're building from mobile gaming, right? Like the fact that that's exactly why we play that stuff mm-hmm. is and, and buy things within games and stuff is it's like, oh, it's going to take me a second. Mm-hmm. Bam, there it is. Nobody has and, any patience. You know, that works great. No, if we can get it right away, we will, and we'll probably spend more money than we should. Convenience is so, key. So. But what, it, what, it, yeah, what you do get the honor of, mate, is you, know, you, you, you get to always say that you were one of the preeminent Stadia mm-hmm. podcasts out there. You charted the rise, the fall, and everything in between. You're part of the cultural conversation about Stadia now, so that's got to feel good. I mean, we'll outlast Stadia, which is the dream, right? You outlast the yeah, person, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing you were covering. <laughs> so, And I've got, we got the Founders Edition, so I've got, I guess, a piece of gaming history that will never nice. be replicated. Although, in the aftermath of it all, one of the most ironic things to come out of it was um, at GDC, the developer conference they host every year, where they announce all like, the nerdy techie stuff, and the, the devs talk to each other about what the plans are. Stadia launched in 2019 at the GDC conference, and they did a little interesting kind of display setup for people who were physically there, of course, before COVID, when everyone was allowed out of the house and seeing people. Yeah. Okay. And it was four plinths. The first one um, had a Nintendo Power Glove, if you remember that. <laughs> oh, that, man. that old Power piece glove. of tech that died. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seemed so cool. <laughs> it really did. It really did, except for that failed epically. Yeah, um, Another one was um, the E.T. game by Atari, which notoriously yeah. was that bad. They dumped thousands and thousands of copies into a landfill, and it was discovered like many, many years later. There's a great documentary, in fact, of when they went and, and found it. It's terrific. <laughs> it's great. And then... The Dream Dreamcast, Sega Dreamcast was on there as well, of course. Ahead of its time, ahead of its it, time. It really was. This is, can I tell you guys just mm-hmm. a, about 
the Dreamcast real quick because this is a thing that comes up on on my gaming podcast often and has become a running joke. Uh, my stepdad was a programmer for the Dreamcast, um, and so he made the original 2K games. Uh, and in fact, you can play him as a character in like NBA 2K and whoa, stuff whoa, like nice. that. You can play like local basketball courts near us and things like that. Um, <laughs> my parents were notoriously terrible. <laughs> when I was a child. And so Dreamcast, you may remember, released on 9999. That's my birthday. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a Dreamcast oh. for my birthday, but what <laughs> did happen is that on my birthday, my parents went to the Metreon in San Francisco for the great big Dreamcast mm -hmm. release party. Obviously and they took I you. stayed home oh. by myself. Oh. Watching the VMAs, the MTV VMAs <laughs> that wow. night. Yikes. So the Dreamcast and I have a fraught relationship, although Space Channel 5 is still one of the greatest games ever made. But yeah, that's well, my Dreamcast. Story. You outlive the Dreamcast. So <laughs> I outlive the fucking Dreamcast. So who's laughing now, Mom? That's great. Anyways. Um, Bethesda recently had uh, the new Starfield game earmarked for uh, 2222. As well, there's like another date that you, it's such a yep. cool date to release on. And then the game got delayed, <laughs> so they missed the date, so that, that moved on. Um, but yeah, that, so on the final <laughs> plinth at this GDC announcement of this world-breaking cloud gaming thing, um, they left it blank, and it was coming soon. And ironically enough, that the, what they did after the announcement is they went and put the Stadia controller in there. What, next to all of these... Yes. Of, of so, yeah, failed. Next to the so looking and, and the comment uh -oh. on like the glass panel behind it was, um, "If you can dream it, you can build it, dream it," kind of thing. And uh, that entire plinth section is uh, just sold on eBay for two and a half grand uh, for charity. Well, well, um, because the guy who was commissioned oh, wow. to, to make the event thing, get, I guess, kept it in a warehouse and then. One stadia clause, he was like, I guess I can legally sell this now, maybe, because you deserve that. I'm sure you could crowdfund picking Ooh, that bad boy up. You I, need that behind I you in your display it. there. Yeah, that would be incredible. I mean, the Power Glove alone and the Dreamcast would probably be worth a bit in, in the years to come. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it all went for yeah, charity, two and a half thousand dollars. Um, but yeah, looking back, it was like, I, I never knew that because we didn't cover it at the time because it hadn't launched or been announced yet. So it was like it predated our podcast. And just seeing the news come out and looking at it going, that's an awful weird couple of things to put your product alongside when touting success and future, but you've lined it up as the next in a long line of failures. Of failures, of so, just massive failures. So they never got the That's marketing incredible. right before they launched, let alone throughout its three-year tenure. So are you shopping for uh, it now? I honestly would, love that. So I'm looking at a recently closed eBay auction, original Nintendo NES 1989 Power Glove with sensor. How much do you think it went for? 500 Mm. Corey? $500 is your guess? Mm. I'm going to... It's an original power gl glove. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the other way and say this is a thing that nobody gives a shit about <laughs> and it went for 75 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> £124. <laughs> so that's actually not really pretty it's much like, $124 at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, at this point, that's about the same. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what, about a, what about a Dreamcast? What, a, what do you find one of those for? I'm sure uh, people have more of those lying around than... I yeah, I can't imagine that. Uh, you could probably walk into a CEX and pick one of those lads up, couldn't you? A what? Uh, CEX. What's the American equivalent of that, Chris? Uh, cash converters? Yeah, Maybe. you know. What? Like somewhere, you, basically you go trading old DVDs and tech crap and they give you like the worst yeah. possible trading price for it, but then mark it up Heroin and put token. it on the shelf at like three times the value. Uh -huh. It's, yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, like a pawn shop for... Yeah, your exactly this. 
Uh, okay, so I got you. Any guesses on a Dreamcast? Then I've got a few auctions in front of me. What's the Dreamcast going for right now? What's the buy? I've got a, I've got one with a buy it now. What do you think that is at? Okay, what's oh the buy it now is always like a like always way higher than it's going to be. I'm gonna say it's twenty five dollars. I'm gonna say Chris. twenty. Mm, between the two, the buy it now is set at ninety quid. They're actually going for like forty five. Mm. Oh, here's one. They were two mm. bids, ten pounds. Uh, so <laughs> see, yeah, that's what I like. What are people actually paying for them? Yeah, exactly. And I gotta say, all it's of these, cards. all of these, the console itself has turned a wonderful shade of kind of beige, beautiful kind of yellow hue to the plastic. Lovely. Yeah. It has to. It has to. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. That's why you make them in grey. They don't fade as bad. Yeah. Good shot. That's true. That bright white looked so nice at first, and now it did. Back in '99. Uh, so you're 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 most welcome to Jack of All Graves, Mr. Porritt. It is a pleasure and a treat to have you along this weekend. Now, we got we got an announcement, don't we, Corey? For those who don't, who don't follow us on Twitter, and we know you're out there because we see you're out there. Yeah, right, because occasionally you turn up on things like Reddit. I know, uh, <laughs> or <laughs> see me on the street and yeah. things like that. Um, yes, we have a big announcement. So as we've been talking about for. A while now. We're planning to do just sort of like a small little meetup thing um, mm. in uh, next month. I saying in November. <laughs> and now I'm like, it, that's like, it's literally, it is. Mark has banned me from saying this, but it's 27 days from now. <laughs> um, we are just having a little, a little meetup with some friends and whatnot. And uh, we found out a couple days ago that we were selected to give a panel at MCM Comic-Con Birmingham. So we will be doing a panel on Saturday, November 12th at MCM Comic-Con Birmingham at uh, 3.10, I believe. Yeah, 3.10. They've given us 50 minutes, folks. They've given us 50 50 goddamn minutes and a live mic. (laughs) And a live mic to talk about uh, UK horror, its history, the video nasties, to talk about what it was like to be a horror fan, to be a horror creator, all of that kind of stuff in yep. that dark age yep. of horror production. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm fucking shitting it. I'm absolutely shitting it. And let's be completely <laughs> real. It was something that I allowed Corey to railroad me into applying for because I didn't think there was a fucking cat in hell's chance that, that this would get <laughs> anywhere close <laughs> to, to being accepted. But no, uh, as... As, as is known to happen, yeah, the, the uh, fucking dice have come up snake eyes and now I actually have to fucking do it. Yep. <sighs> and it's going to be a great time. So if you happen to be, uh, you know, well, anywhere in the UK, because as I constantly point out, the UK is small and you Very can small. get there. Um, it's probably smaller than on. Zanesville, Ohio, isn't it? <laughs> Probably smaller. Are you going to be doing the accent on the Uh, live panel, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am now. We're saving that for when it comes to an American con. And uh, and he whips that out. It'll be great. Um, Yeah, come see us. It's going to be a great time. We're going to do the panel. Uh, It'll probably be all hopped up afterwards. going to go out get some drinks, hang, oh. and it'll be a really good time. So come see us uh, in about a month in Birmingham, November 12th, 
we will put stuff on all of our social media and everything yeah. uh, so you don't have to memorize this and write it all down right this moment. But hey, get your get a hotel room. Let's party. Let's uh, have it's going to be Joe Ag Live, isn't it? It's going to be the first ever Joe Ag Live, essentially. Yeah, and exactly. I am going to do some drinking afterwards. I don't mind fucking <laughs> telling you right now. And I am going to mostly watch because I can't drink as hard as Brits drink. I'm, I'm going to nominate impossible. someone to like dial so nine just nine. Drag you back afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Just have that last nine ready to go. Woo! Yeah, so that's going to be a yeah, great laugh. Um, do you want to recap book club? I think you did book club last night, didn't you? Book Club was wonderful, as always. Wonderful. A very divisive book. Uh, we read Baby Teeth by Zoya Stage. Uh, and it was, we had very different ideas about who the protagonist and who the antagonist of this book was, which was great. It's a sort of a book about a psychopathic child uh, and her mother who is trying to raise her. Um, and they are both sort of antagonists towards each other but who is um who is at fault for this mm. is up for debate depending on your take so we had a good sort of go in like discussion debate argument uh, about this and then we spent like another hour after that talking about interestingly enough african animals and <laughs> things mm. of that sort uh because our dear friend colin had just gotten back from africa nice um, yes yeah, oh, so colin, colin 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 Colin. Yeah, nice. he just returned from Africa. So it was just, as always, an amazing time. So if you haven't joined the book club, my gosh, we have so freaking much fun. Mark will be joining us in November for uh, the book club where we'll be talking about, what's that book? Tender is the Flesh, uh, which so is God apparently damn good. extremely gross. So Hard if work, you love but something superb. that is very disgusting, mm. join us for this one. The third Saturday of every month is when we do book club. Uh, you can look on jackofallgraves.com slash book club for what our schedule is. We'll be doing this in December. Our book is going to be a nice, easy Lois Duncan read Daughters of Eve. Finish yep. out the year with us. It's going to be a really good time. Fantastic. I, I, I adore that the, the book club is, is, just as as regular and well attended a thing as it has developed into really proud of that and i know that we missed last yeah. week but i just want to super quickly thank everybody who came and watched hellraiser with us um oh yes mm -hmm. uh, i think <laughs> i think i'm probably going to stop nominating films i actually want to see for watch along fodder <laughs> right because as always the company is so erudite and so fucking welcoming and funny and and in every case so far except maybe prey it's been more fun watching the Discord than it has been watching the actual fucking film. So right. <laughs> uh, disposable shite only from now on and movies I actually want to watch, I'll watch. Yeah, that's probably a, a good way to do it. But we were we were just trying to figure out what we were what we were gonna do and it, it worked out and I think everyone had a good time. But we'll let you yes. know what the next uh watch yep. along will be and it'll come up uh, before you know it and it's gonna be God a knows time as well. I've got plenty of eighties horror films I need to bone up on. That's true. In the next That's 27 really days. Point. 28 mm -hmm. days. Yep. Later. And you did say... <laughs> See? Uh... <laughs> did, did you just do my hand? <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> he pointed out before this show starts that whenever he stresses me out, I start going like this with Mark. my hands. And now apparently uh, he's caught, caught it. it as well. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, so that's all happening. I think that's pretty much everything that we have going. We'll have some, you know, uh, new content for our Ko-Fi coming yeah. uh, in the next week or two. And Indeed, because, my God, we've got, a, we've got a cast's worth of movies to talk about. Because as is our way in October, we've been absolutely fucking literally powering through the movies. Some surprise bangers, some shitters. Uh, there's one movie here, and I'm sure you can guess which one I'm talking about, that I feel like I'm just out on my own here, having hated it, and everybody else is like, oh man, I love that movie, man. Uh, whereas I hated it. Deadstream. I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are the outlier on yeah, Deadstream, I am. and I'm I am. very surprised by it. Uh, have there. you seen this yet, Chris? No, so I'm an absolute coward when it comes to serious horror movies. So a oh, lot yeah, of the yeah. indie ones and smaller smaller titles I've probably not uh, been paying attention to. <laughs> yeah, they do tend to go harder in those ones. The premise of Deadstream uh, is, you know, a, an annoying YouTuber guy who has been disgraced is trying to get back his like audience. He's now feels like he's done his penance or whatever, mm-hmm. and now he's trying to get back his audience by doing a live stream by himself in a supposedly haunted house. Um, and I think, you know, you're, what everyone says in this movie is your mileage will vary based on how much you can stand the lead or not. And I'm wondering if that was kind of, was that your issue, Mark? It was wasn't. I was much? I was absolutely oh, really? fine okay. with him. I was totally cool okay. with the lead guy. I thought he, he performed the shit out of what he was doing. He threw his heart and soul into that role. No issues with him at all. I just thought it was amateurish and predictable and it, grated on me and to see so many people mention it in the same breath as evil dead makes me want to spew into my own mouth (laughs) well i had a lot of fun with it i thought it was a you know uh found footage is a tricky um genre to pull off and i think it it did it really Mm. well it was very gory it was um funny it was just kind of yeah i think it it hit all the right notes for me but Uh, what i will something doesn't land it doesn't land exactly listen (laughs) Again, to quote my late great granddad, be a boring world if we all like the same stuff. Um, but what I will say is, as cold as it left me, as irritated and just vaguely bored as I was by the end, it was still 20 times better than Dashcam. Fuck Dashcam. Yeah. I think that's the comparison that has to be made here is okay, yes. if we're going to have movies that are uh, found footage live stream films about. Uh, obnoxious terrible people as yeah. the lead this is how you do it not how <laughs> not how dash this is how you do it. it this is how you do it <laughs> <laughs> this is um, how you do it it's found it footage is... <laughs> well 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 montel um <laughs> so... On that note, though, okay, you're you're a coward when it comes to the spooky movies, but do you have ones that you enjoy? Do you have go-to horror that you you like? Yeah, so... Surely you got some classics you bring out for Halloween oh, yeah, blow the dust off them. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, I mean, my, my favourite one is, is a bit cheating because I absolutely love Shaun of the Dead, even though I know it's not horror horror. It's great. It's, it's, it's I mean... so good. No, it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the movie that I always go back to when I tell people about one of the reasons I don't like watching them is when I was a teenager, me and my friends, probably before the age rating was approved, as all of us probably watched our first horror movies well before the oh, yeah. maturity rating on the box advised us yeah. to, um, was Jeepers Creepers, funnily enough. That was one that absolutely Ooh, scared the Jeepers shit Creepers. out of me. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. that moment when it's just, a, just two kids driving across country with a car full of their clothes and everything on the way back from college. And the truck runs them off the road, and they're like, "Oh, you think that's dangerous?" And then they see him, and they go, oh, "There's that truck again." 
and you see him dump something in the pipe and he just turns with his under his undertaker coat and hat you can't really see him but that <laughs> slow turn and as the camera kind of pans past in the car even saying that now out loud that sends a shiver up my back because i remember watching oh, with my friends it. being like that don't jump don't jump and then you see the car in the rear view mirror come up behind them and they're like oh we need to go back and like why do you go back and look down the pipe but it's like <laughs> never go back it is but like the theme tune and the, like the second and third one were like yeah but the first one like mm. there was something about that moment in time which was like yeah i don't think horror is going to be quite for me uh on my own but <laughs> right. I've, I've dabbled in others since then um another one that always stands out for me was the descent now to to, oh, to tie yeah, it in really to like tie that. it in with mm. the video game stuff, I had the descent for my PlayStation Portable on a UMD disc, which was Sony trying to make their own little mini DVD yeah, disc. Most people won't even yeah, remember yeah, these yeah. things. Slot in the back, yeah. I got Spider Man mm. Two and the Descent uh, for my birthday with the PlayStation Portable. So bear in mind, I watched <laughs> the Descent with earphones, a small screen like this, this <laughs> close to my face, as a probably yeah. a fourteen year old, thirteen year old, or whatever it was. Nice. Yeah, so you can imagine you the jumps and the scare. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. scarred me for life. Um, that one, like yeah, little totally. golem creatures in in wild well, yeah, yeah, Lunkin. Yeah. and I used to yeah. like Lord of the Rings as well until that movie. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then just some of your classics that they're not really horror horror, but I love um, the Scream movies, like horror, like Wonder slasher. Oh yes. Um, Deeply, there's just the, that start of the whole craze of like he's over there. You look that way, look back, and he's gone. <laughs> it's like yeah, but he's just stood behind the tree or like on scary movie. They make fun of it all, right. but so Pete, Peter at eleven is is badgering me for Scream. He's badgering me to see Scream. Mm. He loves the the mask and the, he's going to the... be Ghostface for Halloween, exactly. right? Yeah, he never is. seen it, but he's going to be no. Ghostface. But he 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 likes the Scream iconography, and he's dad. Can I watch Scream? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Eleven. Is, is Scream not in Fortnite now? I, was, I feel like that's I was a character. Obsessed. If yeah, if it's not, it will be soon. Mm. So I was eleven when I saw Scream. Okay. And and Scream Yeah, so like Scream Two would have been like the next year, right? Yeah. And I was like literally obsessed. Like I watched it. Yeah. every day <laughs> it was like i finally got like my own bedroom in like 1998 which i think is around when like 98 or 99 whenever scream 2 yeah. came out and that was like just the vhs that was in the tv in my bedroom like 24 7 you know? do you like, have do you have so one of those tvs that had like a video like attached to it so you didn't have oh, like no. the set. We... they were the best that's way too fancy <laughs> just a regular like I don't even know. It, I can't even remember if this one was color yet. It might have even been mm. black and white. Uh, and yeah, I had like just a, a little VCR under it. And that was, and I had bunny ears. I didn't have like cable or anything like that. But I, I was 11 when I got very into Scream and like slashers in general. <laughs> that and was also by any... like, you know, I saw Poltergeist around there. Like, yeah, that was the time. And by any measure, you turned out fine. <laughs> any measure well... yeah 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 hey now just sorry to go off on a tangent right but mm. talking about tvs that had videos kind of bolted on into the into the the structure chris yeah. do you do you remember that weird as fuck panasonic gamecube hybrid with like the clip on screen no so panasonic released like a cd player right that also had a GameCube, like, in the hardware. A GameCube CD player? Yes. 
and I'm I'm looking at these fuckers on eBay now, and they are going for quite <laughs> a pretty penny. Well, because that's like like I've never even heard of that, so I'm sure that, that is much rarer to get a hold of than. I'm gonna uh, check. A, a I'm gonna check a link in the chat here on the Zoom. Check this out. What was it called? The Panasonic. <laughs> I, I feel like now you said it out loud. It's like the Panasonic one. Or Did something. this only exist in the UK? Uh, I I never saw one with my with my own two eyes. Uh, I saw them in magazines. So really, that's like someone could be just like building these. Oh as work yeah, I've seen this before. The, the test. There system. you go. Yes, it it looks like so. It looked like so. Initially, the, a good good fact that I always love is that PlayStation and Nintendo were originally going to make a, a CD disc disc based drive, yeah, 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 and yeah. they had a big falling out, and that's why PlayStation and Sony went, "Oh, we'll do it ourselves," and they launched yep. PlayStation. Nintendo stuck with cartridges. And then the rest is history. And then there is a device out there, which is a PlayStation 1, but it's made by Nintendo. And yeah. it's like a weird hybrid of disk drive and, and everything. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're going for a lot of money as well. But yeah, this looks uh, like something wait, Mark, my sister had when she was a kid to play pop, <coughs> pop CDs a, and stuff. Yeah, it's got a really nice kind of teenage aesthetic, mm. isn't it? It's, I'm, wait, I, Mark, did you send the link in the chat? I didn't because I couldn't find the chat box. Oh. <laughs> I just googled Panasonic video game console and like the first thing was an eBay link. Here we go. It's called the Panasonic Q by all accounts. I'm just mm-hmm. Panasonic Cube. Okay. Pan- just Q. Let a Q. Let a Q. Oh, there you Q. go. Sent you a, gotcha. a, a link. There you go. Oh, did you awesome. put it on? In, it's in the Zoom. Yeah, that mirrored front definitely gives it that early, <laughs> that early two thousands vibe. There's yeah. so many of these yeah. things that just come and go, you know, like and there's like a small portion of people who know and remember them. This will be Stadia. It will, yeah. I'll be the be only like, person in the world. Yeah, 20 years <laughs> from now, there's going to be kids who are going to be like, do you remember that like Google had like a cloud thing? Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to be like, no. No. And I'll send them a link for 160 funny. episodes of useless conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, but a, it, it, yeah, useless. So what, it looks like a... It looks like an office piece of office equipment. It's like a fax machine. Looks, it looks like something for entertainment. Yeah, it's I, like, like a calculator. Like I don't know. It's a weird looking thing. I just enjoy thinking about taking one of those fuckers into like, you know, your local appliance repair shop. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? They're just like, what do what do we do with this? Did you make this? Hmm. But that that uh, right, just because Stadia is shortly to be useless. And I've said this to Corey time and time again. This is a topic that we've that we've talked about on the cast plenty of times. The cast still exists. It's still out there. You know what I mean? And I, I think there's right. value in just being part of the historical hmm. conversation. I love that. I, that that's one of the one of the things I get the most pleasure out of doing Joag is knowing that these words fucking live on. You know, they're still out there somewhere. And oh, I, absolutely. I get a great deal of pleasure. I've that. said to my wife, if I ever kick the bucket, it was like, you've got plenty yeah. of memories to li- literally sit back and watch me by now. Just enjoy me yep. playing yeah. fun games, well, family games, horror games, talking shit. There's a guy from AI Harvard. They could good. probably yeah. play all your episodes back and distill it into a chatbot. You know what I mean? And a good AI <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. of facsimile of you. They really could. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. This yeah, this GameCube thing looks like it should be telling me like radiation levels in Chernobyl or something. It's, <laughs> yeah, right. There's something really <laughs> it weird does not about look it. Like it's made for pleasure. It's making me uncomfortable now. I've got it on the screen actually. <laughs> Close it down. I apologize. Um, but uh, what 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 we got you on here to chat about, Chris? What mm. we got you on here to tap your expertise in? Just like I mentioned there with our book club and how we do watch-alongs and so on. Horror isn't horror is is a multi-format, multi-generational, multi 
fucking it, you know it's it, it's where you find it mm-hmm. and it's amazing to me that we've been rolling for as long as we have without ever once really going in depth about the topic of horror as a video game horror games yes mm. um how would you i mean how would you categorize the state of horror gaming right now would you say cuz you know is it is it is it popular enough to call it a genre of its own? Is horror oh, gaming its a- own genre? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's if anything, it's having a like renaissance at the moment, and mm. I, I put a lot of that down to the investment in uh, in VR because there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. more immersive mm-hmm. than having a jump. I know you hate yeah. jump scares, Mark, but when they're happening yep. in real three D <laughs> space around you, yep. with three D um, like the, the stuff they can do with audio now as well for like distance and sure. feel, it just it adds to so much immersion. Will I play them on my own? No, probably not. Will I watch <laughs> people playing them and laugh and revel in their pain and suffering? Yeah. Yes, of course I will. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's some fantastic stuff being done with VR, but just the. The, the graphic fidelity of video games now is getting so realistic and lifelike. Mm-hmm. Stuff that requires kind of like in-depth, gory graphics, they they benefit from it. So like like mm. like blood and explosions and gore, it's it's enhanced by the fact that everything nowadays is running at 4K, 60 frames yep. per second. It, it just it yep. amplifies it way, way more. And with the rise of kind of indie games and the tech they use now, Unreal Engine, to make stuff look so good, is you've got... Teams of like one person, two person can essentially put anything in their mind into a video game now. Whereas years ago, you needed money and resources and, and training. Whereas now you can just download Unreal Engine and have a crack at the coding. And you can make yeah. anything from a little Stickman horror game all the way to a, a 3D rendered wow. jump scare um, teaser trailer. And yeah, I think it's gone through a great renaissance. Which I guess there's definitely a parallel to be drawn there with, you know, digital filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Gone are the days when you needed, you know, a fucking processing facility and an effect house, la 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 la. Horror is is more of a a, a cottage industry than it's ever been before. Teams mm-hmm. of two or three people making making horror cinema. So yeah, there's definitely uh, analogies there. Where did it? Where would you say horror gaming started? Then what? Go on. Um, for me, I'd say it was probably mid '90s. So with the launch of the PlayStation and polygons, and yeah. you're able to get yeah. 3D renders in like mm. before 3d there was always there was always like games like alien and stuff were out there sure, but yeah, of course. when it's a little pixelated character moving across a screen you, you're not really going to be jump scared with that or buy into like yeah. oh look at the it's gore it's game. just a couple of red pixels <laughs> spread out on a screen and, and let's face it violence was never really accepted with video games we've, we've all the all the times over the years when like mortal combat was ripping people's spines out that went to like u.s court over it's, it should be banned, and that's when the, everyone stepped in and we got the ESRB ratings and the maturity scores off the back of those court cases um, from Mortal Kombat. So video games what, are so kind parents, of... parents sued, did they? Did it, pa- how did yeah, it end the court? Or- it went to the Senate because it was so violent, and they were saying like violence in children was off the back of these video games, and that's when it wasn't governed. There was no body that kind of oversaw video games at the time because it was mm. such a new thing. And then the the kind of all got together and they launched the ESRB ratings, which is the when you see it pop up, got Peggy thirteen and those warnings. Yeah, yeah. It's because of that. So they self regulated themselves then just to kind of avoid going through the court systems yeah. because exactly yeah. like music and movies do, they're self regulated because they were taken to court over things and it's they like, were like, fine, okay. we'll just put a sticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Then, then the kids can't have it. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and we're seeing it now with microtransactions and again. Everyone, all the oh. governments are getting involved, mm-hmm. saying about predatory actions on children and buying loot boxes yes. and stuff like that. And same thing again is the industry going to have to step in and regulate it better because 
it's um yep. it can again get into the wrong hands as such but yeah so video games prior to i think 95 like mortal kombat and like through the early uh, late 90s sorry to the wolfenstein mm, yeah like that, um yeah. <laughs> so yeah as i said with the rise of kind of graphics and audio remember like audio used to just be like 8-bit 16-bit beeps and boops mm-hmm. so with the actual like ability to add in like screams and sound effects and yeah. explosions it I think horror kind of rose up in line with that. And for me, in like the early, in the 90s was, um, t- there's some really good standout ones, but I'd say the Alien trilogy used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid. Um, just the, <laughs> the face hugger on the screen, like sucking sure. at you was like, it really yeah. jump scare you to, to hell. Yeah, Even totally. though it was still a bit polygonal and pixelated, it was still like, right, oh, in the dark, ju- jumping real, on your face. But... And the xenomorphs yeah. running around and on the ceiling in the shadows, it was still, as, as a kid probably playing a game I shouldn't have been playing, scared me. Um, Mark, you remember Metal Gear Solid with Psycho Mantis? Like, of course. That My guy, goodness. put your controller My on the floor and I'm going to move it and blow your mind with a creepy gas mask floating in the sky. Like, that stuff to a kid is traumatizing. It is. You've been oh, playing uh, Castlevania. You read my memory card. so good. You know, I, I, I... Let me see. I would have been uh, 19, I think, playing Metal Gear Solid. And it was that exact sequence, that exact boss fight which elevated gaming for me and properly turned me on to the fact that, wait a minute, this is actually a nascent art form. There's the potential just on that one fucking sequence to break that fourth wall, go straight through the screen and grab a player and involve them in something super immersive, super innovative. Uh, I, I, To this day, I will always remember that experience of playing psych- uh, fighting Psychomantis for the first time. It was a watershed moment. Uh, and yeah, it... it I wouldn't be. I don't think I'd be gaming now if if that hadn't happened. I loved it so much. Just crazy. Like who? Like, mm. like Hideo Kojima, absolute genius. Um, he's yeah. got a podcast at the moment as well. Brain Strand, I think it is. He's just launched. Um, I dread to think how long an episode of that. Oh is. yeah, definitely. You could talk talk forever. <laughs> but yeah, it's things like that to think. Like you've gone in, you've read my memory card, you've told me what game I'm currently playing as well. Yeah. And yeah. the way you had to defeat him was unplug the controller, plug it into play two, so he couldn't read your mind through the just... controller one part into controller two. And, like, I remember I only figured that wow. out because my friend it's told incredible. me from a friend of a friend. Nowadays, yeah. you just YouTube it and watch a tutorial <laughs> oh, immediately. video. That's how, Back that then, was what was so great, too. You would just, you would call someone, you would talk this stuff out, you would, or, like, your little disc that you're, of shareware that you got would yeah, come yeah. with someone's, like, written out instructions on how to do things instead of just, like... Just Google it. Mm. <laughs> it was so much fun. So yeah, so I don't think has stop me if I'm wrong, but has there been, you know, specifically like a horror game which has used that level of creativity mm-hmm. in grabbing the fucking player and interacting with them, not just with the joypad and not just with sound, but actually using narrative tricks. It's it's I think a hard one to implement now. Everything is just so like wireless. There's mm. no real like, physical connection outside right. of the controller anymore. So you don't unplug yeah. and switch around. You you can't read someone's memory card because it's probably a breach of data protection or something yeah, in, in today's yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Um, the PlayStation controllers with the light bars are quite cool. So like when your health goes mm. down, they'll go like yeah, orange to that. red, which is like a nice little piece of immersion. The police cars at the window will flash red and blue and some little things like that but i don't think anyone's done as anything as revolutionary as kojima did back with metal gear solid yeah. uh there's a, a game sorry, now oh i was just gonna say like just thinking about like doing things uh in interesting ways like that uh, i know that like my my husband has been addicted to this game and my co-host ben and jason uh called inscription it's made by devolver mm-hmm. which is 
one of my favorite game studios by a long shot, but the this game is a uh, card based game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're playing this card game for like the vast majority of this, and you're just trying to. It's basically like a card based roguelike, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a weird <laughs> mix. Um, but you're playing this card game through it, and then partway through, you sort of beat it, and all of a sudden, you realize that like you are this gamer essentially and you start seeing these videos by this gamer who is playing this game um and it delves you into this in this weird like meta narrative on top of it so now you're playing this game but you're also aware of Mm. this other player that like you are or who is watching you and then that ends and you get like a third sort of act to this that then flips it on its head again. And I think that's certainly sort of coming from the legacy of stuff like that. That's like, okay, well, yeah, we're not going to be unplugging shit or reading your your mm. cards or anything like that. But this idea of kind of like subverting the expectation of, you know, a game is one narrative line or one yeah. type of game. And then taking that and flipping like, oh, well, what if we, you know, now we've got this creepy element of this other player and it's like, what's happening with this person? And you're, are you being watched and mm. things like that? fascinating I, I i never got to play it right but i was always fascinated with uh the idea of chris does does a game called bok tai ring any bells proper old game boy advance no bok tai so the gimmick um was that the cartridge has a light sensor on the top of it right mm-hmm. so you need to play it in sunlight uh, to to unlock certain features, to have certain powers. Mm. You can play it at night, but you can only kind of progress through the game in the daylight. Right? Really cool. Interesting. And I'm looking it up now. Who is the designer? Kojima. Hideo. Fascinating. Oh, yep. Wow. Just Incredible. Using that... hardware in unique ways. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. That guy just loves yeah, pushing absolutely. the barrier. I mean, um, PT, one of the things, the playable teaser was, mm. uh, it was like Never Silent, really Silent Hill spiritual successor that was just downloadable as a demo, just dropped on PlayStation 3. Mm. And again, the, the game was pulled from the store because he had a big falling out with um, uh, his, his company that he worked for um, and Konami and just. It it just it had uh, Norman Reedus with Walking Dead fame in it, and sure. um, yeah, it was all you were was in the corridor. You went back and forth, and the corridor changed, and stuff changed every time you went into a room and came back. And the clocks and the you were trying to tell it through just narrative, and then the game never got made, and he moved on to to make Death Stranding and other things. And yeah. now, if you buy a PlayStation Three console that has the PT playable teaser demo installed in, it, that's worth a fortune as well. But again, wow. just simple horror with just. The great thing with video games is you can tell a story through kind of like um, just immersive narrative, just like storytelling using the objects around you. So reading books, hearing audio clips, and you just get brought into it more and more. And I think like storytelling through like a book or a movie, it's always like a a first person experience. You are watching it. And you are always Passive. well aware. You are as well aware that you're detached from yeah. it to some degree. As much yeah, as you get course. your jump scares, but with a video no game, you are the person. You you make the decision to look in that beyond that door, or in that drawer, or turn the light yeah. on, or look in the mirror. And I just think that's where the element of immersion really, Completely. really sinks into it. And uh, yeah, what you do can have an impact. If you don't run away, bad guy's gonna get you. Completely. And there's risk involved. You know what mm. I mean? You have to redo some of your fucking progress. You'll have to go back. You'll have to do yeah. There, there, there is definitely an element of risk. Um, I, one of the first things that will kind of break that immersion for me though, 
like you've just said there, in, in uh, kind of um, environmental storytelling, shit environmental storytelling will always take me out of a mm. game where there's just graffiti, <laughs> shoot them in the head. Uh, all right. yeah. You know what I mean? Just really fucking lazy, hacky environmental storytelling will always wind me up. Just, it's just one of the things, like in horror, where there are certain tropes that you will notice a mile off and will instantly mm. just pull you out. That's one of them for me. There is some phenomenal stuff. Like my, my favourite... Well, one of my favourite games of all time is The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part yeah. 2. And the new HBO series looks phenomenal. Oh, it looks I hope amazing, it raises it, it to, to new levels. But yeah. the immersive storytelling in there, there's a, there's a part in that game where you go into basically some sewers and you find out that there was actually a small community of people living in the sewers and you find a bunch of letters and notes that left around. And after the notes, you find like kind of the outcome of that. So it's not really spoiler heavy, but you find a note of someone saying, oh, um, they broke through the, the south entrance um we're locked in the room I'll, I'll keep the kids safe but if it comes to it i'll make sure they don't suffer and you just find that in a little scrap yeah, of paper yeah, put the paper down and then you see these little feet sticking out with a, a, a blanket over them and you're like oh that yikes. happened and then you go further on through the sewer compound and you find like another letter saying oh um going out to collect some i don't know fruit or something or some berries scavenging today i hope you and the kids have a good day and they've got like play school like they're trying to educate these kids in this post-apocalyptic world and all through mm. these little notes you just kind of you leave and they shut the door up and paint on the wall as don't go inside infected and you're like oh we came in through the wrong entrance to miss that message but everyone in that little community you just you found them you knew what happened to them and that's Mm. that you could totally walk past that doesn't have to be it's not part of the narrative the story it's just little trinkets left around and i think that adds to the immersion of oh shit went down in this world and i didn't see it i didn't witness it but i'm here in the aftermath and i just think you exploring that and discovering those things yourself adds such a good like genuine discoverability to the story with layers. But as you, as you said, I mean, that's an option which you don't get in something passive like a book or a movie. You don't mm. get to decide how involved, how deep you go. You watch it, you hear it, it ends. But particularly with something as as kind of subtly done as that, you could miss that and you could still progress through the game and have a great time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to slow down, if you want to kind of drink that world in, you are rewarded for it with those that extra kind of layer of atmos and, and storytelling. Really cool stuff. It is wonderful, and that's mm. and again that's I mean, like the pinnacle of it, and for me, and, and again the great thing with the last was like most horror things, it's it's not about the zombies in the movies, it's very much the humans who are the worst part in oh, them. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. the completely the humanity in the worst of times. We just turn into assholes, don't we? <laughs> really, letting tiger, yeah, right. tigers out, <laughs> monkeys everywhere, and let hell ensue. It's true. Exactly. It's true. If, it there's, if there's a way to fuck it up, we will. I mean, and then of course, you know, every everybody, everybody who's gamed for any length of time like you or I and Corrigan will always go the fucking dog in the corridor in <laughs> Resident Evil 1 yeah. the fucking dog through the window <laughs> every son time of a bitch. son of a bitch that, that has to rank up there with uh, the body in the boat underwater in Jaws mm-hmm. uh, yeah Ben Gardner said the, yes 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 indeed as just <laughs> the a uh, 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 impossible to fail jump scare it will always get you and you know with a game it's quiet you're leaning forward you're immersed you're fucking well fucking dog brilliant uh that that shattering glass changed the game it really did yeah it it happens with everything like even in uh, resident evil 7 biohazard they had the very very much like a blair witch thing where right in the opening intro part there's a you go down to a basement it's a haunted house kind of thing and there's a body just facing the wall away from you and you have you you control you control the character and it's like you could just stand there and do nothing 
The game won't progress, but you can just call it quits right there. But no, you have to go up to them, tap them on the shoulder, and you turn around, and you know so you know what's going to happen off the back of that. But again, it's your mm. you you decide when you approach them. You can hear the little voice things going, Mike, Mike, you okay, Mike? Yeah. Silence, yeah. and you can turn your torch on, your torch off, so you can control how dark or. Like um, if you've ever played Outlast, your battery life runs out on your torch, so that's one of those things. It's like you've got to be quite clever over when you can see and when you can't see. Yeah, yeah. And he uses his uh, old school video camera to go infrared with the green, so the the element of a green overlay adds another bit of fear when nothing's quite clear, yeah. but body heat shows up in a brighter color. So something jumping out nice. at you, then it, it can. There's just so many different levels that can that can tweak and play with, and that's mm. kind of like serious horror, but. Um, one of the ones I would like to touch on is just like the crazy fun horror. So like okay. zombie, zombie, like they don't like horror games. You've got de- games like uh, Dead Island, Dead by Daylight, oh, um, I see. Yeah, yeah, Red yeah. Dead Redemption, Undead Nightmare, where you just, it's just yes. like going around popping heads on zombies and it's still like fun and scary, but it's gruesome as anything. And so these video games can pivot into like fun, chaotic, jump scares, subtle, serious. There's It just covers so many genres within horror specifically. Mm. It's wonderful. There's something for everyone. Yeah. The 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 last great hope for me for horror games coming up soon. Um, did you watch? Have you seen a movie called Host, Chris? No. Unreservedly recommended. Right. It is yeah. fantastic movie. Fucking brilliant. It is super short. It's like seventy minutes long off the top of my head. No, it's like fifty, isn't it? It's, there you I'm go. Pretty sure it's, it's like fifty minutes. Long. Yeah, actually less than an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was it's a pandemic movie right so it came out right mid lockdown uh and it's entirely set on a zoom call okay mm-hmm. it's uh a uh, uh, mainly female cast who in an effort to stave off pandemic fucking psychosis decide they're going to have a girly night in and have a séance right they've they've booked a medium to come on this zoom call for them and to lead them in a in a kind of a spiritual experience shit goes south and and mayhem ensues and it is so good and so innovative and so clever because we were all working on zoom mm. we were all interacting on mm. zoom and it, it used every fucking trick in the book every trope yeah. and just turned it on its head and it's super scary super fun really really recommend it um one of the co-writers co-creators of host he's got a game coming out uh for the yeah, it's coming out on switch ps4 next year yeah and pretty much all the consoles yeah 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 um and when it's called he, ghosts it's called it's called ghosts and i'm really fucking crossing my fingers that he brings to that game what he brought to host um it it the the gimmick is that you're kind of i think manning the booth in a tv station uh while you you know you've got crew members out and about at some mm. fucking haunted venue and the time of the day yeah, kind that of you a play ghost watchy sort of situation exactly uh you know the 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 time that you choose to play it at will influence what you see on screen and you have to go back and play it through different times at different different parts of the day i cannot wait for that i hope to god yeah. it, it lives up to the promise have you played five nights at freddy's i've seen it i'm I ha- I know of it, of course, but no, I haven't. Yeah, I, haven't. I know of it. Because that I've never that sounds it. like a similar premise where you you work as a security mm. guard in an abandoned like it would be a Chuck E. Cheese, I guess that that would be the thing. Yeah. And it's all like old school animatronics that you basically yeah. have to watch and you have to stay till your shift finishes in the morning, and you're watching all the security cameras and the stuff starts to move and you you control the doors and you can see them getting closer to your security room and you have to go out with your your torch and kind of find them and it, it sounds similar to that but that's got again 
jump scares where you're looking at like paranormal activity CCTV going, yeah. That thing <laughs> just that thing just moved, and then you yeah. go, oh, maybe not, and you look to your left, and it's there, and it's like, oh, it just gets you <laughs> so easily done. But yeah, it sounds like a similar thing where I can totally see where the horror yeah. elements will be woven into gameplay mm. on that one. Ghosts. Yes, interesting. Yeah. Cannot wait. Um, do you have any? Do you have any kind of big kind of uh, standout moments? Because movie wise, I always remember particular scares and particular films where mm. I was when I saw them and kind of the impact they had on me. Have there been any uh, kind of horror watershed moments for you in your gaming career? Um, gaming career. <laughs> I wish it was a gaming career. Career. Um, similar to what you mentioned about Resident Evil. So way way back in the day, I played Dino Crisis from the same people who Beautiful. made Resident Evil, mm. and they do a very similar thing with the dogs, where you yeah. see a trail of blood, you go down a corridor past the window, but instead of a dog, it's a velociraptor that jumps through instead. And that scared the life out of me. And myself and my cousin used to play it around my grandparents. Again, small little CRT TV, probably sat way too close than we should have been at night time yeah. because we should have been asleep, but we were up playing video yeah. games late. And yeah, playing through Dino Crisis. Um, even though if you watch it now, if you go look at a trailer of it, the, the, the polygonal art style and the low texture yeah, quality yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is laughable by today's standards. But at the time, with a child's oh, imagination, yeah. scared the absolute life out of me. And yeah, and I was a big fan of Jurassic Park, so I thought, here we go, the, this game's just going to be Jurassic Park. And no, it was a lot scarier. And uh, I can't wait for them to do the remake treatment like they've done with Resident mm. Evil and just see it all brought up to 2022 oh. and beyond standards. It's going to be mm. amazing. Just I'm there. super jazzed for Dead Space. I think we've had this conversation before. Dead Space was one of my absolute mm. favorite horror games January. um the law is fantastic the storyline is fantastic the 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 there's just the idea that you've got to kind of repurpose mining tools and construction tools to take the fucking legs and limbs off these horrible bastard gribblies as they come towards you slowly it's a banging game and i can't wait and i mean it's never going to happen but you know every now and again they'll they'll John Carpenter will get quoted as saying how much he'd love to make a Dead Space movie. Yeah. Mm. Oh. <laughs> he did. That was, I, I mean, read that this week, actually, that very article. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Week, yeah. Yeah, that was good. It's around. never going to happen, yeah. but but one can dream. Have um, you seen... Um, I, oh. Sorry, the, the Callisto Protocol. That comes out December 2nd. So that is... It's the two guys who made Dead Space. It's the, right. They're basically doing a spiritual successor to Dead Space, and they're getting out a month ahead of the remake. So essentially, if you love Dead Space, <laughs> nice you stuff. have... You have a spiritual successor by mm. the same people who made Dead Space coming out this this nice. December, um, which oh, looks nice. it's area reviews are getting right ra- rave reviews. So cool. definitely look at that one. I have a question based on your you know discussion of like or what you just said about playing with your cousin mm-hmm. and whatnot. Do you think, and maybe this is just kind of the way that I play games with people and and things like that, but do you think that horror games kind of lend themselves to being more social than a lot of games? Because I feel like a lot of the the appeal to them, like, say for VR, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go over to someone's house and you have a party and you put on a horror game and everyone watches someone get scared. Or, you know, it feels like to me, a lot of times horror games, the fun is not necessarily sitting there you by yourself mm-hmm. playing a game, but with other people. Is that just me or does that is that a thing that you feel like horror games do? No, I would completely agree with that. As a, as a self-titled coward, again, playing it on my own <laughs> doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. However, right. our, you mentioned, Mark, I think, before we started recording about traditions that you do on Halloween. And what myself yeah, yeah. and our friends do now is we get together and we play horror games together. Yeah. And oh, the, nice. the best one which we played was Until Dawn on the PlayStation, uh-huh. which is your typical teen 
teen horror. You've got about 10 teenagers all sexually charged in a log cabin up in the woods. And um, there's right. like stuff goes on, two, two of them die or two of them go missing. And then they reunite for a reunion like a decade later and stuff starts to unravel about was one of them to blame, was something going on. And then there's these, mm. this, these freaking Wendingo characters come out of nowhere who are like haunted from the forest. But it's a turn-based game. So it's decision-making and dialogue options. So what we would traditionally do on Halloween is we'll all have some drinks, we'll have some pumpkin spice, whatever, and um, get the drinks on the go, some pizza and such. <laughs> and we'll take turns. So like every chat will hand the controller over to somebody else to make more decisions and there's always a point where you're able to keep all of your cast alive until a certain point and there's always one person every year who ruins it they make one bad decision two bad decisions and then bang (laughs) you're you're down three or four cast members within two two or four choices and uh yeah if you've not played until dawn it's that and the the team the studio that did that they're now doing the dark pictures anthology which is a collection mm-hmm. of games, uh, The Man of Medan and Little Hope, and they're little tiny horror stories. They're doing eight of them, I believe, they've signed to do. Yeah, I think I mm. actually told you to, to download that one. Me? The, the man, yeah, Man of, man of Medan, it, yeah. Yeah, Medan, yeah, yeah, Medan, one. Medan, they say what it is. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know yeah they're on to their yes, fourth that. one now. And again, it's just something about because you make the decisions, it, it adds that yeah. element of like, mm-hmm. I'm in charge here. If I mess up, if I do the wrong thing, yeah. that's it. And actually back to what you mentioned earlier on, Mark, about breaking that fourth wall, um, there's a part yeah. near the end when the Wendingos, I think, only sense movement, so you have to stay still. And whenever mm-hmm. they're in the room, you've got to hold your controller still. Love the light, that. the lights flickering, and as you move, wow. they kind of like sense it, and they get a bit irate over it. And if you again, if you you try and hold still, but when you've had a few beers and your friends are giving you shit over it, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> your hands your become <laughs> on vibrate, and you're like, oh crap, and then you yeah. die, and it all, it all hits the fan. But uh, nice. yeah, until dawn, great ones, um, super massive, I think, of the de- developers behind that. But uh, yeah, I love what love what they're, they're doing, and it's kind of storytelling narrative um, driven adventures. So yeah. Corrigan completely I think sharing it with friends way better experience uh, I thoroughly love playing through Resident Evil Village and 7 with our community on live stream because the chat mm-hmm. just popping off when you die yeah. something jumps out and you're trying to figure out puzzles and stuff together as a, as a group Yeah, it, 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 it amplifies the experience way way more and I don't feel as bad jump scared when I get jump scared because it's like you, right. you do the initial jump but then you're laughing off like oh that one got me whereas one you're yeah. on you're just bricking it. You just sat there in the dark going, yeah, why am I scared. doing this to myself? <laughs> I see. But with others, you're kind of sharing all, you're all scared together. So it's, yeah, definitely a yeah. shared experience. Nice. You may not be surprised to learn that I'm completely the opposite. Um, uh, I <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like multiplayer experiences, right? I do. But all of my favoritest of all time gaming moments have always just been when it's me, draw the fucking curtains, take a couple of days off work, fuck everything and everyone else right off and just spend, uh, you know, a couple of days just with you and and the title. I love that. That It's the same with movies. It's the same with anything else. I, Yes, there's a lot to be said for the communal experience, but I've always been a kind of a just just me and, and the work, you know. Yeah, the work. <laughs> just, just, just me, me and, and the art. Craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who i am but that's the great thing about horror as we've said time and time again it spans genres it is a million things to a million different people you get out what you put in or you can just let it have its way with you it is the absolute best genre around and that's why we're here having this conversation tonight here here (laughs) 
<laughs> thank you for for having this conversation with us. I mean, this is obviously a an intersection of things that we are deeply obsessed with. So it has been very fun to have a third on here mm. to talk about it. It has, yeah. Um, do so, Chris. Just tell us again the name of your channels, please. Uh, so you can find us on youtube.com forward slash Helix Cloud Games or on all social feeds at Helix Cloud Games as well. And if you want to find me, I'm at CyberChris2077. New shows go up every Monday, Tuesday and Friday. Unless you're one of our Helix heroes, which is our membership tier. And uh, from, as as, from as little as 99p, you can get early <laughs> content access, stickers, badges next to your name in the chat. Just like that. Amazing. Fucking beautiful. So beautiful legit. Done. I know. So legit. Makes us and, look like uh, a couple of cunts. We will post all of <laughs> That was the intention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very deliberate. Uh, and all of that that stuff will be in our blog as well. So if you did, if you missed any of that, uh, I will post that and you can uh, find Chris and the gang on everything. Indeed. So uh, keep your eyes peeled this week. We're going to do a movie roundup special, Snack of All Graves this month, because goddamn, we've been racking them up so we got plenty of movies to go through we really do um and all that remains for me to say is once again sincerely thanks uh to mr christopher porritt for giving us his time there really appreciate and enjoyed that a lot mate thanks for having me i've had a a wonderful time recounting them i didn't expect to be talking about a panasonic game box at any point that that wasn't in the wheelhouse but i'm happy we got got there (laughs) the joag journey is really a straight line fantastic thanks for having me on guys important part yes the important part of the joag journey is that you, Chris, and everyone at home remembers, especially at this time of year, to stay spooky. Stay spooky. <laughs> what, what do we do? That's the little catchphrase we do at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>